Hello, welcome back to the podcast. It's Adrienne, and it's been a little bit since I have talked to you guys. So obviously, I missed a podcast last week. With everything going on, I just completely forgot to record something, and I decided instead of trying to rush through it and record something quickly and not do a very good job at it, I would just wait a week and give myself a break and come back to it this week. So I, like I said, have had a lot going on. Um, Finally, I have closed on my house and completely moved out. And I have almost everything put away here at my parents' house. So I'm so grateful for that. So happy for the burden to be over. I actually made a a post about this on my Instagram, just talking about like, you don't realize how much something is weighing you down and how it's affecting your day-to-day life until you are past it or done going through it and it's like wow I can't believe how much of my mental thoughts and processing that that was taking up even though it really shouldn't be that stressful it just was especially with Trent being gone it just made it more difficult and especially right at the end making sure I did everything right because obviously I am only 26 years old so I've never sold a house before and I didn't know exactly everything that went into it but I am like I said, so grateful to be on the other side and past that now and looking forward to lots of exciting things in the future for my business and expanding further. I feel like as a business owner, I'm constantly changing things up, trying to figure out what my clients want, what they need, what's going to help them the best and how I can reach people where they're at the best. So especially being in my first year of having a business. There's been lots of changes and different directions I've gone, but I think I have finally narrowed in on exactly what I love to do and how to take what I love and turn it into something that is beneficial for my consumers. So stay tuned for that, especially if you live in the Indianapolis area. I have some exciting news coming out. If you are interested in working with me, maybe this will be a good opportunity for you. So we will jump on in now to today's podcast topic, which is going to be about fats, as you could tell by today's episode title. So, you know, talking about fat, it doesn't really excite me. And I think that's partially why I forgot to make a podcast last week, because I knew that I wanted to round out the three macronutrients and close off by talking about fats and what it means and what they are and all of that information. And I I felt like I just really didn't have that much to say about it. So this podcast might be a little bit on the shorter side today, but we'll go ahead and go through the information. Maybe it's something that you're interested in or curious about. So I still want to provide with the information and make sure that there is a well-rounded base of knowledge for my listeners going forward, you know, when I start talking about other things that aren't as, I don't know, aren't as detailed or maybe, I'm not really sure the words. But anyways, that being said, let's go ahead and talk about fat. So fat is present in both plants and animals, so you'll find it both places. There are two main types of fat and then a third type of fat that 
isn't as commonly discussed, I guess, because we've kind of gotten rid of it for the most part. So the main fats are going to be saturated and unsaturated fat. And then we also, of course, have trans fats. And trans fats are partially um, partially man-made. And so the man-made fats that are trans fat have kind of been phased out. They're not really allowed in the United States anymore. You'll still cite some trans fats present in like animal products in very small amounts that are naturally found, but obviously there's nothing we can do about that to make sure that those are removed, but I'll talk about that a little bit more later. First, we'll start with saturated fat. So scientifically speaking, a saturated fat is going to be a fatty acid chain that is completely saturated with the most hydrogen bonds that it can be. So there's no double bonds in the fat. It's as many hydrogens present as possible. So if you have any kind of chemistry background or knowledge of science in that way, basically that's the difference between saturated and unsaturated fats is whether it's fully saturated with hydrogen bonds or not. So um, saturated fat is often viewed as the unhealthy version of fat because it can lead to increased cholesterol levels, which is not good for the body, for the heart, for people. And most of the time, if you're looking for like kind of a hard, fast rule of what's saturated versus an unsaturated fat, typically saturated fats are going to be the fats that are solid at room temperature. So if you think about that, it's going to be things like animal fats, dairy, fat found in dairy, processed fats, and then there's a few plant fats that are actually solid at room temperature as well, which would be coconut oil, cocoa, butter, and palm oil. So those are plant sources of fat that are also considered to be saturated fats. And I think even for myself, it gets a little bit confusing because people always talk about avocado as being a fat and full of healthy fats but it's solid at room temperature. So you might think like, oh, it's, but is an avocado then, is that saturated fats? But it's actually not saturated fat because while an avocado is extremely high in fat, like it has a lot of fat within its substance, it's not 100% made of fat. So if you take just avocado and remove the oil from it or the fat that's found in avocados, um, it is liquid at room temperature, which you might know if you ever cook with avocado oil um, that it comes in a bottle and it's liquid when it's sitting out on your counter. So a lot of people already know to look out for palm oils that those are considered unhealthier oils. Um, I know we've had a lot of information where people are interested in eating coconut oil or using that as a fat to cook with and not that it's entirely bad and you should avoid coconut oil at all costs, but just keep in mind that it is a type of saturated fat, so it's not going to be as good for you as eating unsaturated fats for a majority of your cooking needs. So then that brings us to obviously unsaturated fats, which are considered to be the healthier version of fats, and those are going to be fats that are typically found as liquids at room temperature. So there are actually two types then of saturate, unsaturated fats. One is monounsaturated fats and the other is polyunsaturated fats. 
So what is good about monounsaturated fats is that they can lower your LDL cholesterol, which is considered your bad cholesterol. That's the cholesterol that you want to keep at the lower end. And LDL just stands for low density lipoprotein. And so that kind of cholesterol you want to keep lower and monounsaturated fats are good to help you with that. And you can find monounsaturated fats in things like olives, nuts, avocados, rapeseed oil, which is also um, typically canola oil is made from rapeseed. They just call it canola oil. And then it can also aid in decreasing heart disease. And so uh, some of you might have heard of something called the Mediterranean diet. And the Mediterranean diet is very rich in monounsaturated fats. And studies have shown that people who live in the Mediterranean area, like in Italy and around that area, they actually have a lot lower instances of like chronic diseases, such as like heart disease, that is really high from people who follow a traditional American diet. So that's why the Mediterranean diet has kind of been recommended over the years for people to consume or try to follow um, because it's really rich in things like olive oils, nuts, eating like oily fatty fish, also getting like whole sources of other foods as well in your diet. But just, it really focuses on eating whole foods And yeah, if you're interested in a pretty, like an easier diet to follow, uh, you could look into the Mediterranean diet. It is one that's typically supported as being healthy. um, But if the foods aren't types of foods that you already enjoy eating, like if you're not someone who eats seafood and really doesn't like seafood or has an allergy to seafood, it's probably not going to work for you. Um, You know, they recommend to decrease your amount of red meat consumption and different things like that. Also, I apologize if the microphone is picking up my cat crying in the background. I am in a room that he, I shut the door off to him, but he wants to come in. So sorry if you can hear the crying. Sometimes people on the phone think that there's a baby crying in the background and they ask me about it and I'm like, oh no, it's just my cat. Yes, he acts like a baby and needs lots of attention, but it is not a crying child. It's just my needy cat. So (laughs) if you can hear that, I apologize. If you can't hear that, then that was a completely unnecessary tangent. But anyways, moving on, Mediterranean diets can be really healthy for your heart health. You know, if you have high cholesterol and things like that, it might be something you want to look into as a guideline that you could shift to to help improve your heart health. Um, So then the next type of fat is going to be polyunsaturated fats, which also improve heart health, decrease triglycerides. They improve your brain, your joints, and your eye health, especially if eating omega-3 fatty acids. So there are then, I feel like I keep saying, and there are this many types of this. So, you know, we have three main types of fat and then you know, we have this many saturated fats and this many types of unsaturated fat. But uh, anyways, unsaturated fats, there's mono and poly. And then under poly, you can find omega-3 unsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, and omega-6 polyunsaturated fats. 
So the American diet is naturally very rich in omega-6 polyunsaturated fats, which can increase the inflammation in your body, um, which obviously is not good. We don't want any more inflammation in our body than necessary because it's hard. It's just hard on ourselves and can cause problems. But yeah, excessive omega-6 fatty acids can cause that. But if you are eating high amounts of the omega-3 fatty acids, then it is good for your body and can improve all of those things. So you wanna make sure that you're getting a good ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s and that you're mainly consuming omega-3 polyunsaturated fats. So um, you might be wondering, what is an example of an omega-3 or an omega-6? How can I make sure I'm getting these in my diet? So the good ones, the omega-3 polyunsaturated fats, are going to be found in things like oily fish and egg yolks are also good examples. So, you know, there used to be a belief in the past that you shouldn't eat fat and that we should be having low fat in our diets. And this includes cutting out the egg yolks and only eating egg whites. And now we know that's not true. Egg yolks really don't affect your cholesterol and they're actually full of good omega-3 fatty acids. So keep those egg yolks in there and enjoy the whole egg. Don't be wasteful of the food and yeah, you'll get omega-3s. And then for omega-6 or the bad type of polyunsaturated fat that will increase inflammation in high amounts is often found in processed foods and oils such as like a soybean oil and grapeseed oil, which before I was talking about canola oil which comes from the rape seed but which is good but then there's grape with a g seed oil that is really rich in omega-6 fatty acids so i think sometimes people get those confused like that canola oil isn't good because it's a vegetable oil um, but actually it actually has mostly monounsaturated fats in it which is good to help lower bad cholesterol so it's a good oil to cook with and then the third type of oil, which I'll just briefly touch on, is one that I spoke on before. I'm sorry, not oil, but fat, is trans fats, which can be either found naturally in very small amounts in animal proteins or animal fats. And then there's also the manufactured trans fat, which is actually a very cheap way to get fat into foods. So um, that's kind of why it was mainly used. But the process is has to do with the hydrogens that we were talking about earlier um, in the molecule of the fat. So you are manufacturally adding hydrogens into the fat molecule to turn the liquid fat into a more solid fat. So it actually changes the substance of the fat. And another name for these trans fats are partially hydrogenated oils. But they were supposed to be removed from all foods in the United States a couple years ago. So hopefully, you know, those were all supposed to be phased out because they are associated with increasing your LDL cholesterol, which again is that bad low-density lipoprotein cholesterol. And then it decreases the good cholesterol, which is the HDL or high-density lipoprotein cholesterol. Um, which increases your chance of heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, all sorts of diseases that um, we, of course, 
want to avoid if possible. Just like with the other macronutrients, I wanted to do a little bit of myth busting. So I have three myths about fat for you that I am going to go over today. The first one being, does fat make you fat? Or can fat make you fat? Which, yes, technically, Fat can make you fat. Eating fat can make you gain fat in your body, but it is not a direct correlation the way people think it is. So consuming fat doesn't automatically just become stored fat on your body. Um, fat calories do add up quicker than protein or carbohydrate carbohydrate calories only because for one gram of carbohydrate or protein, you are only going to have four calories in that gram of food. But when you're looking at a food that is just fat, so an equal amount being one gram of fat, you are going to have nine calories present in that amount of food. So that being said, the quantity that you can eat of fat is going to be less overall of the quantity you can eat of a carbohydrate or protein if you're strictly looking at a calorie count. So Keep that in mind when thinking about fat. It's just higher in calories per gram than carb or protein. That doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing, but it can be more likely for you to overconsume in calories just because you don't get as much volume in fat as you do from carbs and protein, if that makes sense. But fat is good for you. You know, it does help to slow down your digestion, which can help increase how full you feel after a meal. So eating a meal of strictly carbohydrates and protein, you are not going to be as satisfied with your meal if you add some fat to it, um, which is why I always discuss making sure that not only your meals have carbs, fat, protein, and fiber, but also that your snacks contain some carbs, fat, protein, and fiber. Um, so yeah, fat is good to slow down the digestive process because it takes longer for your body to process fat because it does have more calories to it and so it can help you in that way as well. And then the second myth is that fat is bad or unnecessary for the diet. So like I just said, fat is definitely not bad for you. It is not unnecessary. We do need fat in our diets. It's very important to include fat and it does provide energy for our body. It does not just become stored as fat. It provides the essential fatty acids that our body needs to function that it can't make on its own. So anytime you hear the word essential, just like in a, in the protein podcast, uh, we talked about essential amino acids. It just means that it's essential in our diet because our body can't develop it on its own. So we also have like essential vitamins. These are vitamins that we need to make sure that we get into our diet because our body needs them, but our body cannot make them. So um, fat also helps to regulate our hormones. It helps with our body temperature. It helps with our immune function, and it helps us to absorb different nutrients. Um, there are a few vitamins that are actually called fat-soluble vitamins, and that means that there must be fat present when consuming that vitamin in order for our body to be able to absorb and process and utilize the vitamins. So that's going to be vitamins A, D, 
as in David, E and K. So those vitamins, you actually have to have fat. So, you know, it's great if you're eating a salad and it's full of lots of vitamins and nutrients, but um, if you don't add some carbohydrates to your salad, you're not going to be as full or as satisfied with it. It's just going to be, you know, you eat 100 calories worth of lettuce and you move on with your life. If you don't add protein to that salad, you're not going to be full as long. You're not going to be as satisfied with your meal and with weight loss overall. And then if you don't add fat to that lettuce or your salad, again, you're not going to be as full. You're not going to be as satisfied. The fat is going to help to slow the digestion. And the fat is also going to be present to make sure that any fat-soluble vitamins in your food are going to be absorbed. An example of making sure you have everything you need in your salad, if you're trying to make salad as a meal for lunch, would be starting with a base of any kind of lettuce that you like, whether it's iceberg, romaine, spinach, arugula, kale, baby kale, baby spinach, or a mixture, which is what I like to do, chop it up and make it a mixture of foods. So it's a different textures, different flavors, different water content, different vitamins, things like that. So that can be your base. Any extra veggies you throw on top are great. Chopped up celery, radishes, cucumber, carrots, all those things. And then you want to find some protein. So that can be chicken, salmon, chickpeas, cannellini beans, black beans. And that could also, if you use beans, can also be your carbohydrate source. Or for carbohydrates, you could be looking at something like adding a grain like quinoa or rice to your salad. And then for the fat, you could add some healthy healthy fats like olive oil, or you could add a fat protein crossover, which is going to be something like smoked salmon or grilled salmon. And then eggs are also a great source of fat and protein. So you could chop up some hard boiled eggs, just making sure you have all of those components there. And that's going to help you to lose weight and be a much more satisfying meal overall. So that's why fats aren't bad or unnecessary because they're important for all of those things in our body. And we want to make sure that we get them in our meals. And finally, the third myth I would like to bust is that fat increases your blood glucose or blood sugar levels, which is not true. Fat does not directly increase your blood sugar. A1C and your insulin resistance both can be improved if you increase your unsaturated fats and pairing your carbohydrates with fats can help reduce spikes in your blood sugar and that is done because, like I said, the addition of fat to a meal is going to slow digestion, which then pairing the fat and the carbohydrate together slows how quickly your body also absorbs the carbohydrate and how quickly the carbohydrate goes into your bloodstream. And so it will prevent there to be a high jump and then drop in your blood sugar. It will be a more steady level of absorption into your body. So Fat is not the cause of an increase in your blood glucose directly. So that is everything that I wanted to discuss today about fats. Um, I hope you have a better understanding now of what saturated versus unsaturated versus trans fat, good fat versus bad fat, how to help you know 
prevent heart disease and different things like that by including the right fats in your diet. And next week, we will be moving on from macronutrients. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when I post new episodes every Monday is the goal. Like I said last week, just got really busy and the time got away from me. So I just gave myself the grace to have a break. But every Monday from here on out, the goal is to have an episode up. And so subscribe, leave me a rating and review that just helps for other people to find my podcast and to see what people like about listening to the podcast. Of course, share it with any friends or family members that you think would enjoy listening and make sure to follow my Instagram, which is at betterbytes underscore RDN and my Facebook page, Better Bites as well, so that you can keep up to date with everything going on with the business and latest nutrition information, recipes, etc. So, Hope you guys all have a great week and I look forward to talking to you next time. And remember to keep on making better bites.